So what's your go-to first word on Wordle? I change it up every day. You change it up every time? You have to. Why? Well, okay, there's two schools of thought here. You can go with adieu, as in like, I bid you adieu, because it has so many vowels in it that you can understand. Wait, how do you spell that? I don't even know how to spell that. A-D-I, I've not used it yet. It's like a cheat code. Oh, interesting. But I've heard about it. It's A-D-I-E-U something. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Um, Or you can do what I do, just switch it up every day. Because you never know, right? Like you can't, you don't want to use the same word every day. But it's old reliable. I use wary or light. See, I live for that rush though of picking a new random word and being extremely close and getting Wordle in two. Maybe even getting it in one because I'm changing it up every day. Mm. You never know. That's good. Today I used print. Wow. And I got it in three. Unbelievable. So maybe change it up next time. All right. If you guys have a go-to Wordle word, let us know. If you have no idea what Wordle is, look it up because it's pretty fun. All right. Here we go. In this episode of the Colin and Samir show, we're going to talk about our experience this week going to visit Van Neistat. We're also going to talk about the experience of getting a mystery box from Mr. Beast. All right. So this week, Mr. Beast launched his snack company, Feastables. And what was so interesting was receiving this box from Mr. Beast, opening it, and then it had a lock with a countdown on it. And then we started to see across Twitter that other creators had the same box from Mr. Beast with the same lock box, the same lock on it Mm -hmm. with a countdown. So what I thought was really interesting about this was like, he's a master at capturing attention, right? And so all of a sudden, immediately, obviously, people do influencer marketing, this stuff happens, but the countdown was really interesting because everyone then started to recognize that there was an announcement coming. It's an act one. It's an amazing act one. Every story needs to have a good act one, and that box with the countdown was it. The anticipation was just rising. So then right as that, that time ran out, the lock actually unlocked itself. I mean, how cool that is so cool. And that happened at the exact moment that Jimmy launched his video that announced Feastables. Yes. It was announced in his escape room video, Mm -hmm. which when we were actually in North Carolina, he toured us around. They've been working on that for months, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Which is just crazy to think that, I mean, how long ago were we in in North Carolina? Uh, We were there in August of 2021. Yeah, and that video just came out, which gives you an idea of sometimes how long these videos are in production Mm -hmm. and the inner workings of the Mr. Beast organization, where even six months ago, they may have, I'm sure, had the understanding that they're launching Feastables, this snack company. Oh, they've been working on it for two years. For we, two years, We yeah. put it in the published press. It, it was two years in the making. It took eight months to just get the right chocolate. They partnered with huge, you know, people in, in the direct-to-consumer world and got investment. But, you know, what, what was so fascinating to me even further was that not only was he able to grab our attention, you know, with everyone posting about this, this lock with the countdown, but he has a strategy in place to keep our attention. The back of every one of these chocolate bars that he launched has this peel-off sticker that's kind of reminiscent of McDonald's when we were younger, like the mm-hmm. McDonald's lotto. Yeah. And you peel it off and there's a code and you put it in a website and you can win a prize. So he's he, we, we talk in, in some of our episodes about creator merch, about this value prop extension, saying whatever the value is that you're experiencing on a YouTube channel if you can extend that into a physical product, it's really interesting. And this is an extension of that. Like you get to play a game with Mr. Beast. I mean, in the escape room video, there's a series of rooms, right? And the contestants need to find ways to get out of the rooms. Before he launches Feastables, 
Carl and another host enter the room and it's full of chocolate bars. And he says, one of these chocolate bars has the golden ticket or the mystery ticket that will unlock the door for you and get you out of this room. And while they're doing that, I'm going to announce Feastables, (laughs) my new chocolate bar, which has a mystery ticket Mm -hmm. that can unlock rooms and prizes for you. So uh, the reason I bring that up about keeping our attention is it feels almost contrary to what Logan Paul and KSI did with Prime and releasing their sports drink with Prime. There was a big announcement, but nothing in place to keep our attention. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I I do agree with that. And I, I don't even know if I would call it a big announcement. I think in Instagram Live, yes, there were a lot of people watching. It's a lot of half a million sure, people watching. A lot of people live. watching. Yeah, but it felt like an idea that, as far as the launch goes, they could have come up with that idea yesterday. Let's do an Instagram sure, Live and yeah. fake an NFT launch. Right. Right. Not that it wasn't effective. I mean, if they like boxed again and then launched it there, I, there, there was definitely something bigger to be done. I agree, and 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 that's why I'm bringing this up is because I think there was such a big learning lesson in the way that Jimmy launched this about. Not only am I going to plan for the launch, but, you know, these winning tickets, these are stories to be told over the next year. Mm -hmm. Like the guy who wins the Tesla in six months. Boom. That's another story. The guy who wins a Sea-Doo, another story. Guy who wins a thousand dollars, another story. The the 10 people who get the golden ticket to go be in the Mr. Beast video, another story. So he has planned the storytelling probably over the next year, if not more, that's really important when you're launching a product. And I feel like a lesson we can all take away from if you're announcing something, have a plan in place to keep people's attention, not just grab their attention. And the best marketing we know is word of mouth. Mm-hmm. So he comes up with these ways to make sure, to ensure that word of mouth marketing will happen. Sending creators these obscure boxes with a countdown on when they open or giving viewers the opportunity to open up a candy bar, put the code in the website and find out they're going to be in a Mr. Beast video. That's one of the prizes, right? The thing is it's all wrapped up in chocolate, which is like a thing to be shared. Not only that, when you open the chocolate bar imprinted on the chocolate, it says share. Yeah. Like literally share this piece of chocolate. So uh, all in all, I think what's so interesting about Mr. Beast and why, you know, we, everyone talks about him so much is because he's so good at, not only capturing attention, but keeping attention. Like that is his craft and art form. I think what's interesting is on the other side of the spectrum, the experience that we had this week, spending a full day with Van Neistat, who's someone who's new to the YouTube platform, someone who's very good at storytelling, but who hasn't really engaged that much with storytelling on the internet. Yeah, spending a day, you know, we blocked off basically all of Monday. brought our entire team up to Topanga Canyon where Van lives and just spoke with him for hours. We have four or five hours recorded right now, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is a little bit overwhelming, but it was a fascinating exploration of someone who was a storyteller Mm pre-YouTube for the majority of their filmmaking career. And now, you know, 20 years in is taking to YouTube and, and who, you know, obviously his brother Casey, one of the most influential, one of the most successful creators. But Van says he he tried not to watch that many of his videos because he's too influential. He didn't want him to rub off yeah. on him, right? And hasn't watched that many of his vlogs and, and really is new to YouTube. Yeah, it was, you know, just to take a step back, Casey Neistat and Van Neistat worked 
together in New York City with an artist named Tom Sachs. And, you know, during that time when they were working with Tom Sachs and, and in New York, New York City, they started making a collection of, of films that eventually became what was called the Neistat Brothers, a show on HBO. And if you watch that, you'll see the makings of what, you know, Casey Neistat YouTube became and what a lot of YouTube vlogging became, which was this point and shoot, you know, home video style, introspective storytelling, voiceover about, you know, an experience that you were having. It, it really is like what a lot of the filmmaking style that influenced me personally to want to come to YouTube, recognizing that you could make movies like this and you could call them movies and they could be on television. So, you know, going to visit Van was a pretty big deal. Um, just as like it, meeting anyone that you've, you know, watched their work or loved their work, that's, that's a big deal. And so I think going to meet Van and hear those stories was super exciting. And the way that came together was Casey actually reached out to us and told us that Van watches the channel. And that was really cool. Even when we got there, he had just watched the video from, from that morning, which was yeah. a cool experience. Yeah, that was really nice to know that he, I think he alluded to this, that he felt slightly less alone. He was thankful mm -hmm. that there was a place on the internet that talks about this. Yeah. Right. And that is like trying to help. And, you know, knowing that he creates by himself in his studio, that is uh, isolating. Mm -hmm. And he's new to this career. So it was nice to show up feeling like we have been of value to him and yet he has been incredibly valuable to us because we watched and we were inspired by a lot of pre-Casey vlogging. Mm -hmm. And pre-Casey vlogging is Casey and Van Neistat, a lot of it. Yeah. Like it's them together developing that style. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of what has influenced us the most. So it was very cool to feel, you know, this mutual exchange of appreciation and value. Yeah, totally. I also think just arriving there you know, it's in this pretty remote area in Los Angeles, which was really cool. And arriving there, for me, it was so cool. We didn't have any cell service. Mm -hmm. Got there and you were just, I felt like really present in that yeah. environment. Like I felt like I was just there to experience. And taking days like that in our creative cycle of just like, we are sitting in this office, you know, producing content, making thumbnails, making sure we're like ready for the next week's episode really nice to take a step away and, and go see how someone else creates and, and go that remote and just say, okay, now we're in the woods and we're just watching an artist. And, and we didn't have that, that much of a plan. You yeah. know, sometimes when we meet with creators, we have a really dialed list of questions. We have a really dialed view of what we want to get out of it. Yeah. And Van asked me when, right when we walked up, sort of what's the plan or how do you want to do this? And I was like, we're kind of just going to experiment here. Yeah. We're going to hang out and try a couple of different things and see what we get. And going back to what you said about it being remote, the interesting thing for me was that it was also my birthday. Yeah, that's true. And I was so grateful to spend the day with someone interesting. Yeah. I, I it was just perfect. Like I would love mm. to, that's a gift as yeah. opposed to sitting in our office. If we were editing, maybe if it was a, sure. if my birthday and not that birthdays really matter, like, but it is a day of a, of a little bit of self-appreciation and reflection mm -hmm. and to be able to spend it like that, interviewing someone interesting with the whole team there was amazing. It was, it was perfect. That's, that's good to hear. And I think that's one of the, it's one of the joys of experiencing growth on YouTube for us is getting to connect with more and more artists and creators and just hearing their perspectives. There was a lot about Van that was, for me, reminded me of why 
I even got into any of this. And I think that, you know, we refer to creators as internet entrepreneurs. And I look at Van and I think what, what he's doing, even he refers to himself as an entrepreneur. There's something about Van that was so much more artist than I can even ever imagine myself. Like I, I can't be that as artistic as someone like that, uh, who's really looking within for a lot of this, you know, like someone who's like, I don't want to watch too much of that because it's going to influence me mm-hmm. when he mentioned that about Casey or he like, to me, I'm like watching things and being like, how do I emulate that? Or how do I do something similar to that? That inspires me. I want to do something like that. I like how they did that. And like, I am very much in the steel, like an artist category. Um, but it was interesting to see someone who really has created their space the way that they want it and are, is creating things the way that he wants to create things. And art films, which is essentially his background, are not always meant to be 100% understood. Yeah. And that's a tough thing for me as a viewer because I always, I want, I click on a video because I want to understand every section of it. I want to connect the dots. And I think that's a lot of what our show is, right? Like we cut sections out that take you away from the point. Mm-hmm. in our YouTube we episodes want everything because to make we want sense. everything yeah. to make sense and to be understood. Yeah, and to be clearly understood by someone who has no idea what it is. What it is, yeah. Whereas an art film is like, everyone can interpret it differently. If everyone could interpret our fr- like our show differently, that would be a disaster for us. Especially right? from a business perspective. Yeah. Which makes, I think, what Van is doing more difficult, mm-hmm. right? He's His art films are less clear like the 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 why you click the what you get out of it Mm -hmm. and i think because of that he actually has a really diehard group of 80 to 100,000 people right now who are like oh i get it the slow pacing Mm -hmm. the dots that i have to try hard to connect Mm -hmm. that's it for me that's that's a breath of fresh air on youtube i think what was interesting was how open he was with us about how challenging money has been in his career as an artist mm-hmm. and how challenging money is for artists that, you know, if you do want to create in your way, if you're not someone to say, Hey, what do you want me to make? I'll make that for you. Then it's really challenging, um, to, to create money out mm-hmm. of this. And, you know, this stab at YouTube for him is, is, is a stab at making a career, uh, and that to me was really interesting to learn about. And the way he's doing it, I think is really smart, specifically with Patreon, you know, three weeks in and he's, he's successful on there and, and building a community. I think he's 400 or 500 patrons. Uh, and then with YouTube AdSense and he, he launched all of it with a Kickstarter where he raised $120,000 to essentially finance a year of him making films. So th- like the, the tools at your disposal as an artist today to figure it out of how to make it happen. They're, they're there. Now, of course, the distribution is what's hard and, and creating a format that people can actually, you know, enjoy week over week is that's the challenge. That was one of the questions that we wanted to answer going in was, is YouTube a home for art? Can it be a home to make art a career? Because we consider what we do to be more media than necessarily art. So let's get into that. What's the difference between the, those two things? I think you would explain this better than I would, but, you know, Van said art is something that's made to make you feel something. Mm. And not that media does not do that, but media answers to much more rules than art does. Mm. Media is made to be monetized. 
Yeah, I think media is meant meant to be distributed and monetized, and I think art is meant to be felt. Felt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not that media doesn't make you feel things. Sure. Good media makes you feel things. But the 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 purpose of it is distribution and monetization. I think we see that on on YouTube and the way that we've described the difference between an artist and what we call a distributor. Distributor is someone, you know, more similar to someone who's sitting in a studio, meaning a film studio deciding to make the next Spider-Man and saying when we make Spider-Man, people buy tickets. So let's make another Spider-Man and another Spider-Man and another Spider-Man. And they're making based on the audience, based mm-hmm. on what's going to sell, what's going to get butts and seats. With media, decisions are based off metrics. Yeah. And with art, it's just based on feel. Mm-hmm. I want to make this. I feel like I need to get this expression out. This is something I want to make. I have no idea how it's going to get distributed. You figure that part out. But, you know. And Van is in the process of starting with art and sort of trying to fit it into the media box, but he may not necessarily have to, which is interesting, right? Because of like Patreon, Mm -hmm. because of the Kickstarter. Yeah. You know, advertising and AdSense may not be his biggest money drivers. I think it'll be patronage. I absolutely think that. That's, That's how art has been financed for years, right? Commissioned art, patrons, maybe art shows, like you mentioned. When we were there in his studio, I felt like I was in a museum. Everything was cool. Like you, you picked up that he built this like Fisher Price movie super eight viewing thing that you put your eye into and you 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 manually you know wind it up and you watch a film in it like that to me is a Saturday afternoon I'm paying twenty bucks to walk into an exhibit or fifty bucks to walk into an exhibit mm-hmm. to just experience this artist that's that's how I think Van can you know monetize and there's a way to scale that on the internet yeah and and like I said before he's building a really tight knit community because his videos are not meant for everyone. And when your videos aren't meant for everyone, the people that like them really like them. Mm-hmm. Because it's great to know who you're not. It's, it's even like the wave of cryptomania right now. Mm-hmm. So much of it, I think, is built off the back of you don't get it. Right. I get it. You're right. Oh, you don't believe in it? You just don't get it. You don't get it like I do. Mm-hmm. And that's a powerful emotion that can be harnessed for community building and, and storytelling on YouTube. So what did you feel being with Van? Like, do you feel any feelings towards being a media maker versus being an artist? No, because I love this career right now. And I love the constraint mm. that media provides and... We also started out building the lacrosse network. Like my first experience in this was a media company Mm -hmm. that was all about distribution. And I got to express myself artistically through that. Yeah. And I also think, you know, it's funny working here with Chris because Chris and I are a lot alike and Chris has a lot of artistic itches that he sort of scratches. And I feel like I used to have a lot of those, but I got so many of them out. Like I had so many reps to make mm. a new branded logo for a series we made for TLN. Like how many logos did I make right. for a series we made all, on the lacrosse network? All the time. We did those all Or the time. merch. Sure. Like I had so many opportunities to do it. And so I'm much more interested now in learning about building a media business again. Like that, it's so fascinating to build mm-hmm. a media business in 2022. Well, I think I think there's an art form in building a company and building a business that for me, I've always felt is a lot of my art form. Oh, absolutely. You know? Like that to me, 
when I think about networking or meeting people or finding strategies and making decisions, like I believe this is all kind of a dance and an art form that, you know, you're just trying to work around. There are things you do that I don't understand. And there are things I do that that you don't understand. There are weekends you'll spend with people or texts that you'll send or gifts that you'll send or Mm -hmm. different networking things or the amount of people you're texting in your phone where I don't always understand the moves, but then maybe eight months later or sometimes two years later, right. we, you know, that, that relationship comes back around. A lot of what you do is plugging other people together, yep. right? Like taking this person, hey, I think you might want to know that person. And that comes back to us a lot after time, making those connections for other people to benefit. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely consider it an art because again, it's one of those things that I don't, not everyone understands. You can't totally explain why you're doing some of the things you're doing. You just feel mm-hmm. a certain sort of way about 100%. interacting with a person this way or doing yes. doing this thing. So. so I think what's interesting is we see this around YouTube across the board, which is when you're a media maker, you create a format and when that format works and you keep making that format. You make that format until that format doesn't work anymore. And that format could last you forever, right? Howard Stern, same format. 25, 30 years, maybe 40 years. I don't know how long that guy's been So doing make that. sure you like it. Make sure you <laughs> like it, right? Uh, but also what we talked about in this week's video about Liza Koshy was have a little bit of an arm's length from it too. Look at it as a third party. You're making that. That's media. That's not you. It's it, it, You're a part of that, but it's it's a product you're making. And I think for me, you know, I'm so excited about this video because I know it's going to look and feel different. It just mm-hmm. so happened that like being with an artist like Van, we kind of, like you mentioned, we were like, let's experiment, let's make something different. And there's a lot of fear when you're making media around making something different because the audience isn't expecting something different. Yeah. They're expecting the same thing that you make. And it's outside of the bounds of our process. This right. is going to take longer. It's going to take longer. We all know it's going to be harder. It's going to be a storytelling challenge. There's going to be you know, long editing hours. And we've kind of started to dial in or, or working towards dialing into a process for our Monday show. So creating anything outside of the bounds is challenging. But I do think that we have seen on YouTube that, you know, even for me as a consumer, I am excited when a creator does something new and different and, you know, hypes it up and, and makes it interesting. Like, I'd like that. And I'm really excited. Spending a day with Van kind of recharged that side of me of, yeah, what if we made something a little different? What if this felt different? What if we flexed another muscle? What if we, and yeah, it's going to be hard, you know, but let's figure it out. Let's bring in some support and let's, let's solve it. Um, I think we see that a lot on second channels with creators. Yeah. A lot of creators make second channels. They're like, actually, I want to do this now. This feels more like me. Even for us to give everyone a frame of reference, the show, the Colin and Samir show that you watch on our channel started on our second channel. And we were actually going to just continue it on our second channel because we felt more liberated over there that we weren't stuck in anything. And we decided to just make it our main thing because it's the most sustainable thing we do. It's the thing that we can see ourselves doing in the long run, um, in the long term. So I think that's that's such a challenge of being a creator is you do have to find a format and you have to make that work and, and you have to look at that on a five, 10 year you know, basis. Yeah. And if you want to do something outside of that format, it's really like either it's just, it's a challenge. It's not like super linear to be like, well, we're going to make something completely different next week. Yeah. I think if you look at this year, we'll probably make 30 episodes where it's just you and I at the desk talking about a topic, right? Why, why do you say 30? 10 with straight up interviews. 
Oh, yeah. Okay. Got it. Yes. And five to eight, maybe flex. Experiment. Experiments. Experiments. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably right. And this Van Neistat one will be one of the experiments. Yeah. I really want to make a vlog as well. I'm craving a vlog too. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be intentional. I just crave a good vlog. With a reason behind it. But just stylistically, it's so fun to open up the episode just staring the audience right in the face and yeah, like that's, holding the camera. I mean, that's just classic YouTube. So fun. I, for me, I felt that when I was unboxing the um, Jimmy's package, the Feastables. Yeah. Because I was like, I, I have a lot to say about this, you know? And and what was challenging about vlogging before was during the era of everyone daily vlogging, when we tried that, we just had nothing to say. Yeah. It was just like, what do I say about this? I'm just living my life. Like, what do, what do I say about this? Yeah, that was difficult. And and for me, I don't I don't always like vlogging or hosting on my own because I'm I'm really out of practice. Mm. Uh, I I enjoy being part of more of an ensemble when it comes to vlogging because it's yeah. fun to work off other people and sort of joke with you and I and then have the audience be the third person mm-hmm. in the room. That to me is really fun. Yeah, I think one of the goals that you and I set forth in the beginning of the year was to build a deeper connection with our community, and part of that was by doing more audio like this. And part of that, you know, I think is going to be exploring vlogging. I mean, we're going to New York in a month or less than a month in, in three weeks. Good opportunity. We have things going on. We tried a New York vlog last time yeah. we went to New York. The problem with that is we're going to have stuff to do. And for me, it, it can be added stress on top of what you have to do. Yeah. Unless you, I, I would rather come up like, what's the idea for the video? Let's go somewhere to make a point. Let's travel to someone to talk to them, but let's do it in a vlogging style. I do think one thing that would be really fun and Everyone listening, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I'd love to show everyone what a week in the life of Colin and Samir looks like. What does Monday through Friday look like for us? We alluded to it in our video this this week around how 5% is is filming and, and the rest is scripting, meetings, post-production. I'd love to just show that. Even for myself to document a week, I think would be really interesting. And yeah. we did that years ago. And so it's interesting to compare and contrast what life looks like now and what life looks like back then. What's the title thumbnail? Just a week in the life of Colin and Samir? Yes. Yeah. Oh, you don't like it? That just makes me... mm, It makes you cringe. Yeah, it makes me a little like nervous, but... Isn't that interesting? Like this stuff makes you... It makes you nervous. Well, because I... I just... That reminds me of before we had the show. Yeah. And we didn't know what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's different now because we have certain things we have to do in the week, but it just reminds me of when everything was really unknown and we weren't making any money and we're just like, why don't we just yeah, but show that, people what a week in our life looks like? I think like. the challenge there is that there's no val- there wasn't that much value in showing what a week in our life looked like back then because yeah. <laughs> we were literally doing nothing. We were just trying to figure out what a week should look like for us. Yeah. Now we actually have a process in a week where there is a bit of, you know, I think value to showing how do we do our process and understanding how other people do their process. Yeah. I think it'd be fun to let the but team's personality shine in that. Agreed. That would be the most fun for me. I think just the highlight there for me is recognizing as you become a creator that has a format that's working, that has advertisers that the audience is expecting, that's consistent. What we just talked about, anything outside of the bounds of that, when you have an idea, fear is number one, mm-hmm. right? Fear. I'm terrified of that. I don't want to make that because I think, you know, like the time investment, the hit, it could, uh, you know, the impact on the channel, the, there's this weird feeling when you have something that's not on your format or you don't think is going to perform well, where I think I was telling you this weekend, I was feeling really off about our video and we were having trouble figuring out the title and the thumbnail. 
and I was working out at the gym and I started thinking about my options for getting a job. Like my mind went there yeah. so quick because I was like, oh, well, the video is going to flop and then, you know, our career will be done being YouTubers. So I'll figure out who do I know to get a job? Who can I send my resume to? And I was like, how did my mind go that quickly to it's all over? Yeah, I, I, I don't go that far, but I was burning up inside about this video, about the Liza Koshy one. I was just like, man, this is going to flop. And luckily it didn't, but I was I, I attribute it to the fact that it came out on my birthday. <laughs> there was a birth, birthday the, bump. It was the birthday yeah. bump. Yeah. But no, it's, it's, it's strange how much it affects you. It's, it's, it's interesting. The weekly anxiety of putting out a video as a media distributor is just so intense. And the morning of like looking at the data, there, there's this great line. It was a podcast I was listening to someone who works in Hollywood that said, the day that I stop caring about opening numbers someone should take me out of the industry. And that both made me feel seen and terrified because I was like, oh yeah, this is the thing we deeply care about. The career that we've created, the art form of making this business, the creative choices we're making every Monday morning. That's the, the anxiety that you feel is a mix of like just so many different things. And there's like a weight of 10 years of this career on that on Monday mornings. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was just in my head. I had already moved on. I was like, well, this one, we can forget about this you one. You moved on to the next video. Yeah, I, was like, I moved on to my next career. I was like, I'm was not like, going to read the comments. That's a wrap. Let's figure out what the next video is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, an, it's, it's annoying because then you question, was there even value in this one? Mm -hmm. irregardless of whether the title sure. thumbnail is going to well, perform. Well, that's the reason why we were challenged with it was because we didn't feel like we had provided enough value. It felt like there wasn't enough value in it and also it wasn't going to perform from a title yeah. thumbnail perspective. But yeah. after a day, it has almost 100,000 views. Yeah. So. I still think we, you know, we need to tighten up our script writing process and our brainstorming process and we're getting there. But it is interesting, this experience of anxiety that comes with being a media distributor that I'm sure also comes with being an artist uh, someone who doesn't know when their next piece is coming out or doesn't know where the next paycheck is coming from, you know, that's, that's extremely challenging as well. I find it super interesting right now that it's finally taking off. It's like trying to make a fire and you got to burn it for a while mm -hmm. until there's hot coals and then it'll go. And I feel like we just got to the point where the fire is going to go for a little while. Yeah. But I'm like, Damn, it's still hard. You still have <laughs> to keep it going. Still have to keep it. Yeah, actually, like it's not like a, a fire kind of like just goes. You can't just turn around and walk away like, from where it. Where they're actually poking and prodding it and yeah, watching you're it the poking, whole time. You're adding logs. You're like looking at how it's going. You're making sure it doesn't. And you're like, is this fire going to last one year, two years, five years, 10 years, 20 years? Yeah. Like, I don't know. And it's on you to make sure it keeps going and adding fuel to it. I, I, it's a fascinating career. And you know, sitting down with someone who's 46 years old entering the career, who has had many different versions of a filmmaking career, was refreshing and inspiring and interesting and this unbelievable exploration of another artist. I think it's one of the perks of what we're experiencing right now in our growth is getting to meet these people. And we shot it like a doc, yeah. which I'm pumped about. It looks really good. So... Look out for that. I would say that'd probably take us, take a, us month. a month. It'll yeah. take us a month at, at the very least to put that together, but that should be really fun. And I'd be curious to hear who else you guys want to hear from in, in the show or who else we could go visit 
We really want to go see Binging with Babish in New York. I think that would be a really cool exploration. And then just to highlight to our community uh, who supported us on Twitter and in the comments of Ludwig's video, he's coming on the show. How about that? When's he coming on? Monday. Monday. Yeah. I mean, he's coming on the show Monday. It'll come out on the 21st of February, but he's coming on the show on Monday. So if you hear this and you have questions for Ludwig or want us to throw something in there, let us know. All right. You want to hear something cool, Colin? Always. In Canada, we're the number 21 entrepreneurship podcast. Let's go. All right. What's up, Canada? And by let's go, I mean, let's go to Canada. We're the number 79 business podcast in Canada, number 25 in entrepreneurship in Australia. Get out of town. All right. All right. Uh, If you guys are enjoying the show, we'd love if you reviewed the show wherever you're listening to podcasts. I want to read some of these reviews. Uh, This is from Bruce Pruce. He said, love the first stab at an audio only show. Trust the process. I appreciate that, Bruce. All right. Here's another one. This is from White Nitro 7434. He said, I started listening to this podcast on a long and boring drive. I put my feet up, closed my eyes, and by the time I got home, I remembered the whole interview, but I didn't know if I had fallen asleep or not. How they talk about things is just so interesting. Lucid yeah, dream. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I wasn't, <laughs> yeah. I was like, is he bored? Like, he's not bored. I think that was positive. That was positive. That was a positive review. Yeah. So basically, as, as a highlight, fall asleep to this show. You'll lucid dream. You'll remember everything. Just not while you're driving. Just hopefully not while you're driving. That's a good point. Well, thanks for listening to this audio-only version of the Colin and Smear show. Review us if you're interested, if you like the show, if you have thoughts, questions, put them in the reviews, and we will see you next week. Woo!